Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Well, we've been talking about defeating giants. We're going to jump right on into the Word today. And uh, I'm asking you to pay attention. And I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. Grab your phones. Grab your notebook. Make some notes. Write some things down. Maybe you get four or five points out of this that you can meditate on that will change your life that will help you live life the way God wants you to live it. We've been talking about defeating giants. This is the third week. And today we want to talk about forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness. That can be a real giant in people's lives. Now all of us need to walk in forgiveness and all of us need to be recipients of forgiveness. And if you're in a place right now where you say, well, Brother Scotty, I just can't think of anybody I need to forgive, and I just don't know of anybody that needs to forgive me, I'll tell you what, don't worry about it. It'll come to you at some point in life. So if you're not going to have to have it right now, you will have to have it. And you have had to have it. Boy, have we ever. In Philippians chapter 3 and on first reflection, this may not seem like it has anything to do with forgiveness, but, but let, me, let me try to, to connect the dots this morning. Philippians 3, Paul says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Boy, you don't hear that preached on too much. (laughs) All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Oh, this is important. You ought to underline this part in your Bible, in your notebook there. Not that I have already attained... Or am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Wow. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, I believe I could just go home after that. That's a great message, Paul. You did good. Let's talk first of all about forgiving others. Everybody say others. All throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament, we are constantly and consistently encouraged and instructed to engage in a spiritual discipline called forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness. The reason God knows that we're going to be placed in regularly in seasons and circumstances where we're all going to need to forgive. Now, here's the reason why. This is going to be a great revelation, but here it is. We live in an imperfect world. We're not in the millennial reign yet. We're not in the utopia that that some thought was going to happen. Uh, Not yet. We live in an imperfect world, listen, with imperfect people who make imperfect decisions. But here's the thing. People's imperfections not only affect them, they affect others. At times, you will be the victim of somebody else's imperfections and faults. And the only way you can avoid the pain that comes from people is when you are no longer on this planet. Oh, it's quiet over there. Y'all over there on my right side, wave at me. 
Did you hear what I'm saying? You cannot avoid the pain that comes from other people unless you're in heaven already. And I don't think there's anybody here that's in heaven. You aren't that spiritual. You aren't already there yet. Paul said he wasn't and neither are you. We can expect life to go a certain way. We can expect people to act a certain way. And when they don't, it can cause us extreme frustration and extreme pain. Pain from people who make promises and they don't keep them. Pain from being underappreciated by people who underestimate your value in life. This is what Jesus had to deal with his entire life on this planet. Jesus had to deal with people who could not perceive the value that he brought to their life. That is why he said in Mark 6, a prophet is not without honor except in his own home, home among his own people. In other words, he is saying, sometimes you're going to be appreciated the least by those who know you the best. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Come on, you know I'm preaching right where we live this morning. Anybody in here besides me, and I'm not talking about wallowing in self-pity, but did anybody in here besides me ever feel a little bit unappreciated? It's painful. You know, a broken marriage is painful. A broken relationship is painful. A wayward child is painful. Because, and, and, but here's the thing that we've got to get to today. Wherever there is a presence of pain, there is the need for healing. If you've got a pain, and, and let's, let's use the example of physical pain in my body is an indication that there is a place in my body that needs to be healed. Wherever there is the presence of pain, there is the need for healing. And the first step in the healing process, listen, is forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. forgiveness. We need to see forgiveness, though, in two areas, scripturally and emotionally. Amen. Are y'all staying with me this morning? I know we're moving fast. Because here's what emotional forgiveness says. They don't deserve forgiveness. Because that's what it feels like. Emotional forgiveness says they don't, for, they don't deserve forgiveness. They aren't worthy of forgiveness. In fact, they haven't even said they're sorry for the infraction. But when we look at it scripturally, by the way, and listen, when you read your Bible, don't just read the Bible for instruction. Read it for instruction and example. People who only read the Bible for instruction are those that, that end up making up rules and regulations that Jesus never authorized. Be ye holy, says the Lord. So then they start making rules. Well, you can't wear this and you can't do that and you can't put this on and you can't go here and you can't do that. You got to look at Jesus for the example, for the instruction. Can I get an amen up in the house this morning? Somebody help me preach. So we need to read the Bible for instruction and example. When you read the Bible, you get instruction, and Jesus then gives us example. When we look at Jesus, he is the example of how to put the Scripture into practice. So if I want to know what forgiveness is and if I want to know what it looks like, I've got to look at Jesus and see him. 
forgiving people who weren't even sorry. Hanging on a cross and saying, while he's hanging on that cross, Father, forgive them, they're ignorant. Come on, be honest. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm not in, Lord, forgive them, they're ignorant. Ignorant. That's what he said. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't realize the implications of, of what they're doing to me. Forgiving people, Jesus hanging on a cross, forgiving people who were not even sorry for what they were doing. And listen, think about it with me. People whose hearts were so hardened they could hang a man on a cross, ridicule him, mock him, make fun of him, and torture him. And the whole time they're doing it, gamble for his clothes, make fun of his mother, make fun of his relatives, in front of his very mother who loved him passionately as we, they watched her suffer. Their hearts were so hardened they could do that and not even be moved by it. But in the midst of that, Jesus offered them forgiveness. He is the example of what we're instructed to do in the Word. Now, this is important. Forgiveness is for the healing of my heart. Forgiveness is for the healing of my heart. And here it is, and this is important. Listen to this. Forgiveness is not motivated by how I feel about them, but how I feel about me and my own future. How many of you believe in God for a great future? You've got to walk in forgiveness. You've got to deal with the giant of forgiveness. Because, listen, and here's what I'm saying. I want to get you the, oh, I hope you get some of this stuff and let it, let it come alive on the inside of you. I have discovered this about so many areas in my life, and forgiveness is one of them. It may take a while for your feelings to catch up with your forgiveness. It may take a while for your feelings to catch up for your willingness to follow the instructions to forgive in faith because your feelings catch up when your heart is healed. Come on, boy, I'm going deep this morning. And most of the time, that is a process. Healed from the, when you get healed from those wounds, Forgiveness is the only way to keep something to, to keep something that hurts you from continuing to hurt you. I want you to say with me today, it ends today. That way, anything that hurts you doesn't continue to hurt you and continue to destroy you. And here is it, here it is. From the, from the scriptural perspective, forgiveness means to pardon. Everybody say pardon. pardon. Forgiveness means to pardon. What am I saying? They did the crime. They deserve the time. But you pardon them. I got to let it sink in a minute. They did the crime. 
They deserve the time, but you pardon them. I pardon you. And here it is. You should deserve to serve a life sentence of silence from me. I should never speak to you again. But I pardon you. Let's say it this way, and this is so powerful. When you pardon, here's what you're saying. I release you from the debt you owe because you don't have the ability, the ability to repay me. Are y'all with me this morning? I release you from the debt you owe because you don't have the ability to repay me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miss Claire. It's like writing off a bad debt. I mean, we've got some bankers in the house and people who deal in finances. How many of you know what a bad debt is? In other words, it's uncollectible. It's written off. It's like writing off a bad debt. You can't repay what you took from me. You can give me the money back. Let's say somebody borrowed money and, and, and they, they, it was a bad debt and, and eventually, even if they give you the money back, you can't repay me back for the sleepless nights and the days that I lost. What could have been good days, I can't get back. And so some things cannot be repaid. They just have to be written off as a bad debt and pardoned. Come on. Oh, it's quiet in here this morning. Forgiveness says, and here it is. Boy, we're about to get it. I accept the blood of Jesus for full and satisfactory payment for what you did to me. Come on. Boy, I tell y'all help me up in the house this morning. I accept the blood of Jesus as full and satisfactory payment for all that you did to me. And here's why. Because I am a recipient of the forgiveness of God myself. You can't pay me back. You can't give me those years back. You can't give me those days back. You can't give me those nights when I laid and cried. You can't, you can't give me those days back where I was walking in pain and confusion. But because I am a recipient of the forgiveness of God, I pardon you. Listen to this. God accepted the blood of Jesus as full and satisfactory payment for all that I did. And somebody in the house ought to stand up and say, Thank you, Jesus, for full and satisfactory payment for every sin I ever committed. Whoo, my God. God accepted the blood of Jesus as full and satisfactory payment for all that I did. But what has happened in my heart, listen, what has happened in my heart can only be fixed by forgiveness. Yeah. 
can't be healed any other way. But here it is. Listen, boy, this is important. Don't confuse a hard heart with a healed heart. Y'all thinking with me? Don't confuse a hard heart with a healed heart. You know what? I can't afford a hard heart. Because according to the parable of the seed and the sower, the seed cannot penetrate and take root in a hard heart. There is a difference in having a healed heart and having a hard heart. A hard heart will wall itself off, will become calloused, and it will not be able to be penetrated by the Word of God. How many in here want the Word of God to live in you big? Don't have a hard heart. Don't allow your heart to get hardened. A hard heart that is healed, a heart, or rather, this, let me say it this way, a heart that is healed is a heart that has removed the wall that is built by offense and forgiven. I can't afford a hard heart because hard places, as I said, can't be penetrated by the seed of the Word of God. Now, real quickly, as we're, we're going to move into forgiving ourselves now in just a moment, we're talking about forgiving others. Let me, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget. Now, stay with me. It doesn't mean that you don't adjust. In other words, let's say I forgive somebody of a bad debt. That's, 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 that's just an example because this is so bigger, much bigger than that. They ripped me off. They didn't pay me back. That doesn't mean when I forgive them, I go over and say, yeah, I'll tell you what, here you go. Here's my credit card. <laughs> Are you following me? It doesn't mean that you don't forget. It doesn't mean that you don't adjust. Listen, it doesn't mean that you trust. Trust has to be earned. Respect has to be earned. Fruits worthy of repentance. It doesn't mean that you condone. It means, and hear this, you release them from the obligation to make up for what they could never make up for. They can't give you that back. Now, we're going we're gonna to deal with that again in just a moment. But that is, that is when it, uh, uh, just a, a, a real simple time for us to talk about forgiving others. But let's talk about forgiving self. Everybody say, forgiving me. Forgiving me. What do you do? What do you do when the pain that you suffer is pain that has come from the wound of your own decisions? Mm. I'll tell you what you do. Just as we have to learn to forgive others, we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Come on, y'all with me this morning? Now, I don't know, I think I'm speaking for everybody when I say we all have regrets. Seasons, anybody ever have a season in your life that you mismanaged? I better put both of them up. Seasons of mismanagement. 
financial regret, relational regret. Giving ourselves to people we should not have given ourselves to. Giving our money to people we should have never done. Living in a place where we regret the relationship, we don't regret the child. We regret the wasted years, but we're still thankful for some of the good things that came out of it. Moral regret, bad decisions, career choices. But here's the thing that you have to watch about regret. Regret can go so deep that it becomes a prison where we keep punishing ourselves for something that we can't go back and fix. The people that you need to forgive can't fix everything, and I got news for you. You can't go back and fix everything either. Are y'all getting this this morning? You will never be your best self wallowing in regret. Here it is. Living in regret doesn't make it better. It makes you worse. Come on. So in order to recover from what you regret... It takes more than just God believing in you. It takes you believing in God believing in you. Come on. Did you hear what I said? Well, if you don't get anything else, you better get that. In order to recover from uh, uh, regret, it takes more than just God believing in you. It takes you believing in God believing in you. Believing that God can use you. Believing that God can still promote you. Believing that there is still hope in your life. And there is a future for you. Let me give you an example of that. Two people in the scriptures that handled regret differently. Judas made a bad decision. And out of that bad decision and out of that regret, he went out and he hung himself. Jesus, Judas made a bad decision and hung himself. King David made a bad decision and corrected himself. What am I saying? I'm saying learn from your mistakes, but don't become a prisoner of them. You'll never rise up and function fully in your righteous calling as long as you are a prisoner of your regrets. Remember, and why do you remember? You remember so you don't repeat. That's the righteous place of remembering. You remember so you don't repeat. To become consumed with guilt and condemnation. That feeling that 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 season was so inconsistent with God's intention for my life. And here it is. This is what you got to watch out for. Living in a regret that is so deep. Looking back at that season of your life. And saying that season was so inconsistent with God's intention for my life. I deserve to be punished for the rest of my life. You will never fully address and deal 
with Satan until you know his name means prosecutor. But he's the prosecutor. We have an attorney who is working on our behalf. Oh, my God. Pleading our case <laughs> before the courtroom of heaven. And his name is J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. All right, I'm going to wrap this up, and we're going to have the Lord's Supper and get out of here so that you can go do the rest of the afternoon. We had a full day today. Remember, the gospel says, the real gospel, let me tell you what, the, the real gospel says this, because of Jesus, my debt has been paid in full. If nobody ever told you that, this preacher is telling you that today. Somebody needs that over here. Over here and here and here and here. <laughs> and here. Because of Jesus, my debt has been paid in full. Don't be imprisoned behind the bars of regret. Looking out while life passes you by. Thinking that everybody else deserves more than you do. I deserve what I deserve only because of the blood of Jesus. The most powerful force ever released on planet Earth was not the atomic bomb. It wasn't released at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's not anything that scientists are working on. The most powerful force ever released on planet Earth was and is the blood of Jesus. Listen to this. The blood of Jesus is not a dead substance. It did not dry up on the cross of Calvary. It is still alive. It is still working. It is still powerful. It is still redeeming. And it is still setting men and women free. The blood of Jesus. Can we have church in this Pentecostal charismatic church or not? You don't believe that? Let me read you a scripture. And then there are three that bear witness in earth. They didn't say that bore witness, they're bearing witness. The spirit, the water, and the blood. That's first John 5 8. Boy, that'll set you free. So what am I saying? Listen to this, and we're gonna wrap it up. Don't be imprisoned behind the bars of regret. Paul did not allow his life to be imprisoned behind the bars of regret. Listen to what he said. And this gives us hope. In verses 13 and 14 of the passage that we read at the start of this message, Paul says, and you know, Paul, he's kind of like way up there in our estimation for most of us. But you know what he said? He said, I'm not there yet. What do you think he's saying when he said, I have not yet apprehended? Paul's saying, I'm not there yet. I haven't attained, but this one thing I do. I press for that higher calling. 
the prize. And here it is. I can't allow the past experiences of my yesterday to keep me from experiencing the call of my tomorrow. Somebody say, I'm pressing forward. Because I got a revelation for you. God saw something. I said, God saw something. How many of you in this house can say with me, God saw something in me, God saw something in in us that made him keep me through my yesterday because there is something worth fighting for in my tomorrow. Is there anybody in this house that would say with Brother Scotty, I am so glad that God kept me in my stupid season to get me where I am today. When I did not deserve it. I'm about to preach myself. (laughs) Happy up in this house. Anybody that can look back and say, God kept me when I didn't deserve to be kept. That lets me know God kept me because he's got something still for me to do. He's got a purpose in this life and it is not living in the prison of regret. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life punishing myself for something that I cannot change. It's in my power to change it, I will, but I cannot allow the rest of my life to be consumed with something I cannot change. So, let me wrap this up with two statements. You cannot get to your tomorrow if you are enslaved to your yesterday. As long as I'm chained to my yesterday, Bob, I'll never be able to uh, excel and go on. And then this is the last one, and God gave me this by the spirit of revelation as I was just meditating on it over the weekend. For many of us, as the prosecutor known as Satan comes against us, his goal in our life is to cause us to make our mistakes our God. Well, I got an announcement to the devil and to religion and to anybody else that wants to hear, my mistakes are not my God. Come on. My mistakes are, anybody in the house made a mistake? My mistakes are not my God, and I'm not going to live my life bowing down there at that altar every day. We get up, if we aren't careful, we'll get up and we'll worship at the altar of our mistakes, at the altar of our sin, at the altar of those things that have cost us so much and bow our knee and not do anything for life or for the kingdom of God or anything else. I declare this day, Jesus by his righteous blood is the Lord of my life. My mistakes and my sin are not the God of my life. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.